Welcome to Your Mark on the World, bringing you another changemaker with champion of social good, Devin D. Thorpe. Welcome everyone to the Your Mark on the World show. I'm your host, Devin Thorpe, and this episode is being produced for Forbes, where I'm a contributor covering social entrepreneurship and impact investing. And we are fortunate today to have with us an extra special guest, uh, Lisa Wall, who is the CEO of USCIF, the Forum for Sustainable and Responsible Investment. Lisa, welcome to the show. Thank you, Devin. It is great to be here today. Well, we're really glad to have an opportunity to talk to you and have uh, just to have an opportunity to get your insights. You, you recently uh, published an, a new report on socially responsible investing and really uh, the headline is it's growing very rapidly. More and more people are putting their money into uh, socially responsible investments. Tell us about that. Right. So just to define it really quickly, sustainable and responsible investing or socially responsible investing, green investing, is really about how you take your investments and use them to also advance social, environmental, or governance issues that you as an investor, whether retail or high net worth or institutional, care about and want to make sure are assessed in your investments. And there's just been an incredible interest in it. It's been growing really quite progressively over the last several years. And in the last two years, we've really seen a, quite a marked increase in the number of assets going towards sustainable investing. Now, one of the things that your report highlighted was the growing interest in climate change. Do you view the growing interest in climate change as being one of the reasons for the growth in socially responsible investing? I'd say it's one of the reasons and it's sparking interest. And in part that's because in this country we're lacking a climate change bill right now. We don't have a tax on carbon. And so what you have are companies and individual investors dealing with the risk on a case-by-case -case basis and individually. And so that's why, that's part of the reason you're seeing tremendous interest in climate within the investment sphere. But it's also because people care about climate. People want to make sure we're not overheating the earth and people want to make sure water is clean. And so there's an overall interest in that space even if you had a climate bill. And so, yes, it's definitely one of the important issues that's driving forward uh, sustainable and responsible investment. Well, it, it is uh, such a compelling issue for more and more people. I wondered if you can, if your look inside this tent gives you the ability to discern to what extent the uh, supply and demand issues here are aligning. In other words, I'm wondering if there is a if the demand for socially responsible investments might be outstripping the supply, or or if the supply is now catching up to a, a demand that has outstripped supply for a long time. What what's your take on that? So just to clarify, Devin, when you're saying supply, you mean sort of the products that are available yeah, for yeah. people to invest in, correct? So yeah. so what I would say is that one of the reasons you've seen this growth is that there's more and more products out there that investors of all sizes can invest in. And so in the public funds, you've got mutual funds, you've got ETFs, you've got depository institutions and credit unions and community banks, you have loan funds 
that are available to accredited and non-accredited investors. And then you have investments that are available for accredited investors in fixed income and in private equity venture capital. Where I would say you've seen product growth in the last several years is an explosion of more mutual funds, more options for accredited investors and alternative investors. And so what you've seen is that in the private equity space, uh, what some people are calling impact investing has grown substantially. And so there has been a growth in products. We still need more products. And one of the areas where we'd like to see more products, for example, is in uh, the impact investing space, direct social uh, environmental benefit and a direct investment, an opportunity for smaller worth investors to be engaged in that. Right now, it's really a high net worth play. And we'd really like to be able to open that up at a retail level. So when we have our conferences or we're speaking with members, we're always saying to them, this is really an opportunity for more product. So more product, more investment, and I think what you're going to see is more supply and demand over the next two years when we do our next report. Fantastic. Now, one of the interesting trends in uh, socially responsible thinking and investing is this idea, and it's been talked about a lot, Perhaps your report can, and your knowledge can help us understand to what extent it's happening and what the impact is, but more and more people seem to be anecdotally divesting their investments in fossil fuel kinds of things. What, what's your take on that? Sure. So let me just take you back a little bit, and, and this goes back about 18 months, two years, when Bill McKibben and 350.org started a campaign mostly with students to get uh, endowments at universities to divest. So fast forward two years, what's interesting about that is it's had much more of an impact in other areas. So you've seen universities grapple with this, you've seen tremendous student activism, but you've actually seen only a few schools and largely smaller schools make a commitment to divest. It's not true uniformly, but it's largely true. Where you've seen more activity is around foundations, again, largely small foundations, Family Foundations, and then Rockefeller Brothers Fund, which divested at the UN Climate Summit right before the Climate Summit opened. And you're seeing more and more retail investors and high net worth investors going, wow, maybe I should look at my portfolio for any of these issues. So even if we're not seeing divestment right now from investors, what I think you are seeing, what we're anecdotally hearing, is that investors from the smallest retail investor to large institutional investors are maybe for the first time saying, we should be looking at what's in our portfolio. So that's the great benefit of these kind of catalytic conversations around divestment is that they trickle down into a range of environmental, social, and governance issues. And I make one more point, and that's just that our report in two years will show greater divestment. Most of it has occurred in calendar year 2014, and this report only went through the end of 2013. So I hope see. that answers your question. Well, it will be interesting to see. I think the political pressure will grow, uh, and right now, of course, there are a lot of people who are divesting fossil fuels because oil prices are low, but that's a whole different dynamic. But uh, the combination of those two may be difficult to separate out if the trend uh, toward uh, divestiture uh, continues. So it'll be very interesting to watch and to see your report in two years. I, yeah, I can wonder, I add one point to that? Can I add one more please, point? Please, please. Yeah. So, so one of the, the, the conversations we often have about divestment is that when an investor divests, what happens next is as important in many ways as divestment. So 
if you're pulling millions of dollars out of the public equity market, for example, where you put that money back into the public equity market is important. So you still want to be looking for companies, for example, that have great environmental profiles. Because to pull it out of fossil fuels and then put it into a company that has a terrible water profile, a terrible environmental profile, you have to ask what you've accomplished. And so you want to be understanding that divestment is not one decision, it's a series of decisions. Boy, that, what a great point. What a great insight. I want to ask you, you know, to, to in a follow-up sense here, if you would just share one key, really fun, fundamental, foundational insight for us. But I'm interested. You've been very successful. You you run this magnificent organization. You're having tremendous impact. You think about the dollars that move because of what you're doing every day when you get up in the morning. You matter. Everyone who's watching the show wants to matter. They want to make a difference. They want to have impact. What's your advice? How? What's one thing everyone can do to have greater impact? Should look at where you have your investments. And for for me, when I started out in my career and I was making fourteen thousand dollars a year on Capitol Hill, what I looked at was how could I put the money that I was saving outside of my retirement account into a socially responsible mutual fund. That's one step everybody watching today could take. You could go to your employer if you don't have a sustainable investment option in your IRA and your 401k and say, can we have one for the company or for the nonprofit? And you could go and look around and say, where's my checking account? Is it in a local community bank that's putting money into underserved communities? Is it in a local credit union? If it's not, take $50, $100, $500, $3,000 and put it there. There, and you can go to our website at www.usf.org and there's mutual funds and separate account managers and a lot of resources to help you make a first step and it really only takes a first step. Fantastic. Well, I, I really appreciate you sharing that. Now, I, I want to know if you would just share with us for a minute why you care about these issues. You know, at, sure. at some level, you've got a lot of options. Someone with your right. talent endless potential. You could do anything. Why Why do you care about socially responsible investing? Right. So I spent 20 years uh, prior to this job uh, creating nonprofits, running nonprofits, first in domestic social policy, then in international human rights and development. And when you're doing that work, you see the role for good or bad that the private sector can play. That's when I became interested in sustainable investing. That's when I began as a very retail investor, I can assure you, um, to enter this space. And I looked at companies and I looked at the investment supply chain and I said, this is part, this can be part of the answer. It is a strategy to help drive social and environmental issues. And just to give you a sense of what we deal with here every day, we deal with domestic issues, international issues, global climate issues, water issues, human rights, supply chain, pay disparity, weapons and guns, uh, racial and gender diversity. Now, if that doesn't get you excited about coming to work, you know, I don't know what does. And so for me, it's really been a kind of wrap up of so much of the other work that I've done, both in terms of growing this organization uh, to a new level, but also in terms of hopefully working with uh, sustainable investment organizations, mainstream investment firms, research firms and others who are members to really drive important changes in how we do investment 
uh, forward together. Well, I really appreciate you sharing that because I think everyone who's listening can connect with those thoughts. So thank you very much. Sure. Now, before we wrap up, Lisa, will you share some insight into who ought to be reaching out to you, what people can find on your website, what, what's the benefit of connecting with you, how do they connect? Uh, help us understand. Absolutely. So if there are people, for example, on this uh, uh, watching today who are financial advisors and they want to learn more about this, we've got a terrific course on our website. You can take that. We have uh, information about our trends report. If you go to our website, which I know is available um, to the to folks watching this, you can find information about our recent study. You can find all of our research there. It's almost all largely free. You can see how we've been involved in policy. And there are also email addresses of numbers of our staff there. You can reach out to us for more information. You can find a financial advisor on there, mutual funds. There's a range of information. If you can't find what you need, you can ask us and we'll send you to the right place. Fantastic. Well, Lisa, again, I want to thank you for taking the time to be with us today. It's just been a joy to visit with you. Appreciate your insights and your passion, and we wish you well in all of your work. Well, I appreciate that. It's been a lot of fun, and I uh, hope to do it again, Devin. All righty. Thank you. We'd love to have you back, Lisa. All right. Thanks so much. All righty. Let's do some good. Thank you for listening. This podcast was recorded via Google Hangouts on Air and is available at youtube.com forward slash Devinthorpe. Subscribe to this podcast on Stitcher or iTunes by searching for Your Mark on the World. Every weekday, Devin hosts a CEO, celebrity, entrepreneur, or other changemaker here on the Your Mark on the World show to inspire and prepare you to make your mark. Devin is a champion of social good, writing about, advocating for, and advising people who are doing good. He is a Forbes contributor who is a recognized thought leader in social entrepreneurship, impact investing, and crowdfunding. To book Devin as a speaker, visit devinthorpe.com. Learn more about Devin's work at yourmarkontheworld.com.